Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Business of Cyber. On today's show, we have Sean John. Sean is the EMEA Director for the Cybersecurity Strategy Group at Microsoft. Uh, she's been with the company for about four years now. Uh, prior to that, spent uh, just over 10 years at Symantec. So has a long career advising and uh, sort of guiding large enterprises on security strategy and vision for their programs. Um, on today's show, uh, I wanted to dig into that experience and understand across her career, how has Sean actually partnered with and learn from organizations in terms of how they've grown their security programs, uh, and more importantly, how have they integrated and enabled their business. And that's the primary focus area for our discussion today. Uh, Sean talks a lot about sort of mindset of a security practitioner, why it's important to really study and learn and understand uh, your business. And then from there, you'll be in a better position to enable and uh, allow the company to sort of go after business opportunities that present themselves. So really great episode today and uh, appreciate everyone tuning in. Now to hand it over to Sean John from Microsoft. Well, the party is off to a good start. Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, as a way of kicking us off, can you uh, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, your role today, and, and how you got into the world of cybersecurity? Yes, yeah, so I, I'm Sean John. I uh, lead our chief security advisor team for Europe, Middle East, Africa, Asia Pacific, and Japan, uh, Microsoft. Uh, and what we do is we really spend our times talking to senior individuals, at our customers, about their security challenges, their strategy, what they're trying to do. Uh, I've worked in well, cybersecurity from before it was called cybersecurity, so for over 20 years. Uh, and I actually got into that when I worked at the UK Houses of Parliament, um, when we found a, a vulnerability in a system and I managed to fix it. And I realized it was then important to make sure we built secure systems as well as, as building systems. And since then, I've worked in consulting uh, and then I worked at uh, Symantec for 12 years before joining Microsoft about three years ago. Cool. So having been in the industry for, you know, like you said, 15, 20 years now, uh, the industry has changed quite a lot, right? And of course, it's pretty mainstream now. It's a top concern for many boards of directors. Um, how have you seen the industry progress over the years? I think it's the fact that technology has become more and more important to, to businesses and they can't do without it. So that's sort of mainstreamed. But then actually, gradually, information security has become something that people have to care about, or cybersecurity. So it's almost like, why do we call it cybersecurity? And I know a lot of people have been in the industry for a long time complain about that. But to me, the fact that it's as it's transitioned to being called cybersecurity, that actually reflects the fact that people outside of IT care about it. And that's really sort of happened over the last, I'd probably say six to seven years, um, but really accelerating at the moment, that gradual move to to security being something that everyone has to care about, not just the IT department. Sure. And when you sort of reflect on your experiences and to the point you just made about security uh, being something that everyone has to care about, not just IT, how have you seen um, maybe that progress in terms of successful strategies that companies have taken to, um, to work really well with domains outside of IT? Yes, when you see it happening really well, it's when you see the security business really trying to, security team really trying to understand the business they work for. So they really sort of understand what the aims of the business are, what they're trying to do, and they try and align with that. So 
when it doesn't work well, you see people just focus on the threat and the doom and gloom and all the bad side of things and not the opportunity. And then you have the business just focusing on the opportunity and never on the threat. And when it works well is when you see the security team really looking at how they can assist the business and the business looking for that help as well. Uh, so that's really when you see a really good example where there's almost like a, a symbiotic relationship where the security team tries to understand the business and the business understands that they need some help or consulting and they need to actually think about the threat as well as the opportunity. And that's when you know it's well when people are looking at both sides of the equation. Sure. Absolutely. So just to sort of dig into that a little bit more, um, you know, one trend that has been a, uh, a trend that has been like rapidly accelerated over the last couple of months just this, with the state of the world is uh, digital transformation. And there's still a lot of industries and a lot of companies that have a, a long way to go with it. Um, but when you think about sort of unpacking this big buzzword, um, how do you see security sort of playing in with that? And then uh, sort of indirectly, uh, that being a means of improving relationships between security teams and, and the business team? Yes, it's something obviously working for Microsoft to talk about quite a lot. Um, and actually, there's a this sort of a joke, I think it was in the Harvard Business Review, that what drove your digital transformation was it the CEO, the CIO of COVID-19. Yeah. And for people, it's COVID-19. And, and yet, you know, for the last three to four years, longer for many organizations, people are on that digital transformation journey. And, and, and then cybersecurity has been a little bit behind. So you still see people very focused on the on-premise security, the sort of traditional control frameworks they maybe had for 15, 20 years and not being very willing to evolve them. And then that really causes a, a, a friction with the business when they're trying to actually transform the way they do things. And that's something, so when people talk about the bigger risk of people working remotely, working from home, it's because the entire security controls were built up for them still being in the office and they've had to really adjust. And, and it, it, we actually have a, a, a way we talk about this at uh, Microsoft is actually see in sort of the transformation, you see a sort of market transformation, some new, in, some new invention or some new approach, say whether it's internet retail or internet banking or mobile working or something come in. Then you see maybe a sort of a, a pressure as, as competitors start to do that. So the business has to start to transform to keep up with the competitive landscape. Then you see IT start to realize they've got to transform to, to support the business. And then we're now at the point where, where security is really having to transform. And that means going beyond the ways you've always done it. And it's almost like the thing we talk about at Microsoft a lot is about having a growth mindset to stop thinking about, I understand the way I've always done it. So I'm nervous of changing, but thinking about what is it the business is trying to achieve? What are the challenges they face? How they're trying to operate it? And how can I actually implement controls to allow them to maximize the opportunity and, and to have a really grown-up conversation rather than you can't do cloud because I don't trust it or you can't do mobile because I don't understand it. That sort of thing. Sure. So <clears throat> when you th I mean, think about that example, right, and, and maybe to pose a hypothetical here, if, if you're working with a CISO or head of security who maybe struggles with that and it's something that they've identified as um, something they need to improve upon, how would you sort of advise them to maybe start taking some steps to improve that relationship with the business? Is it open-mindedness? Is it just a culture change? How does that uh, sort of manifest? Uh, and it's just sort, of to, just sort of depend on the business. I mean, so one, the one question is, you know, have you got budget and have you got someone to listen to you? Because if you haven't, maybe they're just creating you as a CISO as a bit of a, uh, a, a sort of a, what's the word I was thinking about, a token gesture. So you've got sure. to make sure there is an investment in doing it. But then the real thing is, 
to actually go find somebody in the business who is willing to explain how things operate, get to know what they're trying to do, get to know what, you know, even stupid things like reading the annual report and reading the, you know, reading what the business is actually trying to do, making sure you join the, 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 the chief executive or managed director's plans for the year and what they're trying to achieve, what the big bets are, and making sure that what you're doing is aligned to those big bets. Now, there are some things you're going to have to do that not necessarily going to be big bets because they're keeping the lights on and keeping things safe. But then it's explaining the fact to them in the terms of what they're trying to do, that if you've got a big new project that you're trying to do this year, to do that, you need to manage the fact that you've maybe got some legacy risks over here that if you don't manage them, you're going to be much more exposed by controlling. If you could always talk to people in the language of what they're trying to do and where they're trying to go uh, and not, not in the traditional way and, and try and get away from, well, not try and get away, do get away from the jargon. I don't think people really care about how many viruses were blocked this month or what. Well, I mean, it's almost like one of my biggest bugbears is the way that we define risk in cyber. It's like, you know, threat times vulnerability times impact. Although technically true, that's completely the simplified sort of cyber security definition. Whereas if you went to an insurance person or an actuarial or an economist or one of the business people, that it would be a much more complicated equation that includes risk. And if you've got to look at something that looks as what is the opportunity they get? What's the risk? What would the impact of that be? And is that higher than the opportunity that they would get? And having a much more nuanced, nuanced conversation than maybe some of the way we've traditionally talked about risk. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one point you made a couple of minutes ago that I, I want to maybe step back to and ask you a follow-up question for is related to uh, sort of the future of work. And of course, you know, most, uh, you know, a lot of people are working from home right now and there's probably things that people miss about going to the office, but at the same time, working remotely, working from home, working from anywhere is going to be um, a pillar of just the working strategy for the foreseeable future. Um, so I'm curious how you sort of envision the future of work and also think about security's role uh, within it as well. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think this incident has accelerated a trend that was already happening. There was already an increase of people working remotely. But what it's done is it's taken from maybe if you had a, a large organization of 60,000 people, you maybe had two or 3,000 info workers that worked remotely routinely. It's gone from that to probably 55,000 or 50,000. And so it's things like call center workers and, and, uh, and, and there's, there's a whole you know, provision of equipment and controls and, and the way that their dynamic works, that means that people might want to get them back in the office when they can, um, you know, the, the, because of just the way that they work. But the, the, the actual realization that you need to have better technology for those people, you need to have better connections and remote tools. So if you do have people working remotely, it, it's possible. I, I think, you know, there will be a gradual return to work because there's a reason why people go in the office. You know, it, it's the whole, you know, it, it, there's a, it's great connecting on video conferencing, but there is a limit of, it's, it's the little, um, the, the moments of inspiration people have as they're chatting between meetings and, and walking around. But there was already a trend where people started to work from home, you know, quite a lot. And where you enabled remote working, people chose to, that, that's, that's not going to go away. And there's people I know that, you know, they're in their late 50s, early 60s, have never worked from home and have suddenly gone, oh, this is okay, because actually I can really concentrate. So, you know, when they go back, they will, they've actually talked about when everything goes back to going back to the office, they're going to routinely work from home two days a week. Yeah, because they now know they can. Uh, and and that and these are people like solicitors and 
uh, and you know um, accountants and people like that and they realize that of course when you've got to do something you really have to concentrate on being at home for those couple of days is really useful and then when you need to collaborate you need to work together that sort of thing like microsoft's been on a digital transformation journey for quite a while and you know the actual number of people going into offices have dropped quite significantly so that you, you, you literally you go in the office because you want to meet somebody face to face you want to collaborate I mean I before even before COVID-19 I quite often would go I've got a day full of meetings there's no point going to the office because they're all video conference meetings so yeah, yeah and that's going to be a new normal uh, uh, the people are just aren't going to change so it's going to be for, from a security perspective what does that mean it, it, it's something we've been talking about for a while you need to get away from relying on the network and the perimeter as your control framework you know you, there's so much what's inside my office is mine and what's outside of my office is not mine and obviously that makes becomes more complicated when people have cloud and mobile devices and actually when you've got people that are working remotely if you push them through your network to get to your security controls you're actually exposing your network because if you can send them and put the controls in in a different way and send them directly to things like cloud a don't expose your network from a risk point of view but you also optimize bandwidth and VPN usage and all that sort of thing to just being the stuff you need. And I think people have realized that there's been a, an accelerated move towards it through necessity. I think people will probably need to go back and make sure that they haven't got any exposures in, in quick decisions that were made. But I don't think, yeah, it's already a journey people are on. I don't think we're going to go back to what we, I don't think we should go back to, because uh, one of my big things to try and change people is we shouldn't go back to that reliance on, my perimeter, my hard network versus what's not mine. I mean, that's been a false illusion for a number of years. Uh, and I think this has just really shown how, how much it is. Yeah, I agree. All right, so next we're gonna move into the rapid fire round. This is how okay. we wrap up uh, each interview we do. And basically the premise is I ask you a quick question and you just share whatever comes to mind. Okay, Sound cool. good? Awesome. That's right, yeah. So, <laughs> so first question is, uh, which book are you reading right now? Uh, I'm reading The Mirror and the Light by Hilary Mantel, I have to say. I've been trying to read it for the whole of lockdown because it's not an easy read. So, uh, <laughs> and obviously I know what happens at the end because it's about Thomas Cromwell, so I know it's not going to have a happy ending. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. Awesome. So um, next question is, when you think about your role today and you sort of reflect on it, what's the uh, biggest challenge that you face? Um, it is for me just trying to get customers to move beyond that that sort of fixed mindset of the way they've always done it to like look at a way of doing things newly and differently in a sort of digital transformation environment. Yeah. Yeah. Change is hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. And last one is um, if you could uh, turn back the hands of time and uh, speak with your 20 year old self, uh, what advice would you give? Oh, I had this one before. I can't think. Um, I actually say, yeah, don't, don't stress about it. And I never do really stress about it. Yeah. But just, just follow what you find interesting and it will work out. Yeah. Love it. Well, Sean, this has been a lot of fun. Um, really appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Great. Thanks so much.